want to uh, pick up where we left, left off last week. Do you remember where we were last week? I told you it was a, a one-week series on your new identity in Christ. I've sinned. And I just want to confess to you that it is a two-part series on your new identity in Jesus Christ. So here we are, March 6th, and we're going to talk about probably one of the more difficult questions that you and I might have about our new identity. As we begin, I want to just give you a a couple of minutes of of a review of where we came from. Do you remember last week, we opened with a question, how many sins does it take to become a sinner? And lots of people will say, only one, all it takes is one. And the answer to that question really is none. It takes zero because we're born that way. And so last week, what we saw was we saw that if I've got a problem at birth, my problem is not what I'm doing. I'm not setting world records for sins at age zero. It's not what I'm doing that's my problem. My problem is is that we as a humanity, we as everyone on planet earth, we are born in Adam. And so if, if God is going to change, if God is going to fix the problem, He's got to change who I'm in. And so that's why, as we talked about last week, if you're in Adam, the solution is to be transferred and become in Christ. And so by being in Christ then, that's where I get my identity. And we talked about the difference between spirit and soul. If you remember... My soul is like my psychology. My soul is the Greek word suke, which is where we get the word psychology. And so it's my mind, and it's my will, and it's my emotions. And I'm telling you guys, my emotions are all over the place. Are yours? My thoughts are all over the place. And I assume yours are too. And so my mind and my emotions don't determine who I'm in. In fact, my mind and my emotions, the thoughts that cycle through them, are no guarantee of whether I'm in Christ or not. And so I can't look to my feelings. You know, God says, those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And yet what we try to do is experience Him in emotion and in feeling. Now, it's all fine and good that we have emotions. We're designed to feel. God has created us to have emotions. But the problem is, is that I can't look to emotions as any indicator of truth. My emotions are all over the place, from the highs of an incredible ecstasy to the lows of an incredible depression. My emotions could be all over the gamut. And so, I wake up, on Monday, and my soul feels dirty. And I wake up on Tuesday and my soul feels distant from God. But God never said my soul would feel right all the time. Instead, what He says is, I have become one with you in spirit. And if you're going to worship me, then you worship me in spirit and in truth. And now your emotions... They are reactors. They are responders. Our emotions react to thoughts. And so, 
if I begin to focus on the new covenant reality that I am as close to Jesus Christ as I can ever get? How close is one spirit with him? How close is raised and seated with him? Do you see that that spiritual growth is really about getting my mind renewed about a truth that is already true? As I've said before, you're not going to hit heaven and say, well, well, gosh, the, uh, you know, the, the crucifixion of your old self didn't really work the first time, so we've got we to gotta re-crucify you right before at the gates of heaven. You know, the total forgiveness thing didn't actually work for you. We're going to have to give you just a little bit more polish. That's not going to happen. Why not? There is a finished work, and there are dozens of verses that are shouting about the finished work. Well, where is it? I don't feel it. Where is it? It's in my spirit, not in my soul. My soul can reflect anything. It can walk by the flesh. It can walk by the spirit. My soul is no indicator of my nature. There's a guy in Corinth whose soul is reflecting heinous sexual sin. And so Paul says, if you are going to reflect this in your soul... We don't want this to reflect on the church. This is not what is okay with us. And so go out there, if you're refusing to quit, just go out there and just reflect the flesh all you want. And it says, but his spirit will be preserved. Do you see that? So so no matter what I'm reflecting, what really matters is, is my spirit in Adam or is my spirit in Christ? And if my spirit is in Christ, then I am sealed until the day of redemption, the Scripture says. By this, love is perfected with us. We can have confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is, so also are we in this world. Now, before you go out of here and and misquote or misunderstand me, the guy in Corinth, he needs to quit. He's not made for that. His soul is now in a process of of being renewed in the image of the Creator. And so, this sin that he has chosen to entertain over and over and over, he's not designed for it. Look at his spirit. That's what he's designed for. And so, you turn from sin and you stop sinning because, I mean, like, how does Paul put it? How, How can we go on sinning? Should we go on sinning? How can we continue in it any longer? And then what's his reason? We died to sin. How can we live in it? What's he talking about? Died to sin? I sin every day. Oh, my spirit. My spirit is dead to sin and alive to God and I'm not made for it. So today we're going to talk about the most important question to put all the pieces together. Here it is. If I really was crucified with Christ, if my old self really is entirely dead, if I really am a new creation and it's not just a bunch of Bible talk or a bunch of symbolic stuff or a bunch of positional truth over there, you know, in positional land, if it really is true for here and now, then why do I still struggle? What's the reason that I wake up and I get the thoughts and my feelings are all out of whack? Well, number one, why do I still sin? Number one is the flesh. Now, it's important 
that we define the flesh because for lots of people, they think, and get this now, they think that the flesh is the same thing as your old self. And they're not the same. They're two different Greek expressions. They have nothing to do with each other. The flesh is a realm, a realm of thinking from which the old self could only draw because the old self was in the flesh. Okay, now watch this now. I don't want it to get to be like an academic lesson, but I hope that you will see just two people. Person number one and person number two. Now, person number one is in the flesh. In it. Now, that's the way they show up on planet Earth. We show up in the flesh. Now, how can this person walk? There's only one way this person can walk. They can only walk according to the flesh. They can only walk by the flesh. They are in the flesh, and they can only walk by the flesh. Now, person number two has come to an understanding of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They're a new creation. So now, they are in the Spirit, but now, how many walks can they walk? Is it possible for a person that is in the Spirit to still walk by the flesh? Yes, you can still walk by the flesh. And that's why Paul says, walk by the Spirit and you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And so he says, the deeds of the flesh are this and this and this and this. But you're not made for that. You're in the Spirit. Now, why is it that I can still sin if I'm in the Spirit? Because my spirit is in the Spirit. But my soul, do you ever notice you become a Christian, you pray the prayer, you say, Lord, I'm a sinner, please save me, come live in me, Uh, forgive me, cleanse me, make me right with you. Christ comes to live in you. Do you get all new thoughts and all new emotions and a brand new soul? No, that's what growth is for. And so we are on this adventure of the soul. It can walk by the flesh or it can walk by the spirit. But here's the difference. Now get this. Look at the propensity. Look at the trend. Look at the force behind the Spirit. The Spirit lives in us. The flesh is a place we used to live. So it's not a 50-50. It's not a, I might end up sinning, I might end up doing right, walking by the Spirit. It's a 50-50 shot. No, we are redesigned from the center of our being to walk by the Spirit. Walking by the flesh is weird. Walking by the flesh doesn't fit. You know what it says in Galatians? It says, the Spirit sets its desires against the flesh so that you may not do the things that you please. In fact, it says the flesh, it's backwards, it says the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit so that you may not do the things that you please. What is the flesh trying to stop you from doing? The flesh is trying to stop you from doing the things that you please. Let me say that again, because lots of Christians, we think that we want to sin. And if you think that you want to sin, then you've only got some leftover programming from the flesh. And God is trying to say, the flesh wars against you so that you don't end up doing the things that you please. In other words... We're on the same team with God. 
I will write my desires on their heart, on their mind. I will give them a new spirit. Why? So they'll be on my team. So what is the flesh? Well, it's that realm of thinking. Look how wise I am. 1 Corinthians 1.26 Look how mighty I am. Look how noble I am. Status and strength and smarts. The flesh is our natural programming. We can put confidence in it because, well, it's what we used to do. So, it's like you're in a situation and there's fear written all over it. There's fear. What do your buddies do in this scary situation? Well, man, they just use all the strategies they can apart from the Spirit of Christ. They're not saved. And so they use all the strategies and all the motivations and all the ways they can to protect themselves and keep themselves and keep themselves in a good light and all these things. And then what the Spirit of God is saying is, my ways are not their ways. Now, you want to come to know my ways, walk with me. Walk in step with me. And it's not a worldly way. It's a different type of programming. The flesh is a heritage. Look what nation I came from. Look at how good I was at religion, the law. Look at the zeal I had. Look what tribe I'm from. Look at my lineage, my heritage, my birthright. And so, lots of people, we can get our identity from, who knows, the school we went to, the country club we belong to, the, the, the money that we have, the, the car that we own. You name it. It's not about Judaism for us. It's about trying to feel good. Don't you want to just feel good about yourself? And so, what, what the flesh and the enemy do is they tap into that idea of wanting to feel good about yourself. And the Gospel is designed to do that for us. The Gospel is designed to be the source of feeling right. And yet, the flesh can offer us all these other kind of things. Everybody's feeling guilty about their car now and stuff. I mean, that's not the point. You're free. But the point is, don't get caught up in false pursuits that are empty. Drive any car you want, but don't let it be a source of feeling good about yourself. Well, what is the flesh then? A mindset, a strategy where my focus is on myself. And the focus is on myself in order to look good, be well-adjusted, be socially acceptable. It might be my education, my personality, my strengths, my discipline, my talents. In order to cope with life, solve my problems, meet my needs. In other words, all of this independent of Christ. Okay? So, so when I've got this choice now... What you could do is, as you're reading all this stuff, feel this incredible sense of guilt. Oh my goodness, about seven things on that list I struggle with. Oh my, what am I going to do? Well, the answer is the same. First of all, your sins and lawless acts I remember no more. So you're off the hook. Second of all, the only solution is not to look at this list of things and try to clean yourself up. The only solution is walk by the Spirit and you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. The answer is fix your eyes on Jesus. End of story. A simple solution 
to a massive web of fleshly stuff. Well, there's varieties of flesh. Now, most of us, when we hear the word flesh, you know what we think of? Drunkenness, drug abuse, violence, telling nasty rumors about people, you know, fleshy, carnal stuff. But now, remember too that the Galatians, their problem was they were trying to improve themselves, perfect themselves by the flesh, by human effort. So there is also a positively programmed flesh. Well-adjusted, passive, sweet, or religious, just like the flesh can be poorly adjusted, dominant, mean. Lots of you people are mean. Not really, that was mean. (laughs) Religious. Now, why is religion on both sides? Because one guy thinks he's awesome at religion, the other guy's having his religion beat him up and he feels horrible. And so... The flesh is never going to feel good enough and it's involved in a self-improvement program. Now, when God says, by one offering I've made you perfect forever, guess what? The improvement program can end. The whole point of the gospel is to deactivate the flesh and to activate God's Spirit. The whole point of the gospel is to say, get off that train. Don't try to self-improve. And so, you think about how the enemy is going to work here. I mean, go over there to the positively programmed flesh. Now, imagine you got a, a guy who thinks he's God's gift to everybody. The enemy comes up to him. You think, uh, you think the enemy is going to try this one out? Uh, you know, you're just a sorry, no good person. You're sorry, no good Christian. That's not going to work. This guy totally thinks that he's he's a fleshy, awesome performer. I mean, he's incredible. That's not going to work. But I tell you what will work is the opposite. Man, you're 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 amazing. I mean, you you don't you don't need God. You don't need this. You don't need that. I mean, all you need is your smarts and your sense of humor and your this and your that. Your talents and your abilities and your, your education and your, your, your confidence and your... All you need is that. Now, go over to the negatively programmed person. Now, she's, uh, she's feeling horrible about herself. She's uh, compared her body to all the other women on the planet. And she feels like, uh, I'm about a four. On a lucky day, I feel like a four. And so, she's got all this programming about what she's supposed to be, what she should look like, and how she should be better. And then she goes to church and she feels even worse because it's not just body image, it's apparently spirit image. I mean, she's just a lackluster person by any measure. And so there she is with uh, all this programming. Now, how's the enemy going to work on that? With a bunch of pride? No, not with a bunch of pride. With a bunch of condemnation, a bunch of analysis, a bunch of trying to get right and feel right and do right so I, can, so I can feel good about myself again. And so the enemy is going to tap into the type of flesh that has been most successful in our lives. As I look around this room, you know, about 62 of you are well-adjusted. 
I don't know. I mean, I just made that up. I didn't really count. But, but, but some of you feel in your flesh, we feel well-adjusted. We feel confident. We feel good. We've had a good life. We had good parents. We, we, we have certain things in our lives that make us feel okay about ourselves. And, and to walk by those things is the same as Paul was doing to walk according to his law-keeping. It's positive flesh, but it's still flesh. Now, some of us have grown up being told that we're no good, we're good for nothing. And to walk in that negativity is also walking according to the flesh. So now, is the key to polish, polish up the flesh and try to be, well, I don't want to be too, too arrogant and I don't want to be depressed, so I'll be right in the middle. Is that the goal? No, the goal is to walk by the Spirit, not invent a more balanced version of the flesh. Don't invent a more balanced version of the flesh. Say, Jesus Christ, I want you to be my humility and I want you to be my confidence. Jesus Christ, I want you to be my self-control and I also want you to be my liberty. And Jesus Christ, I don't have the answers to how to avoid walking by the flesh, but I do know that I'm designed to walk by the Spirit, and it's the most natural thing for me to do. And the only way we get tripped up is by believing we are dirty or distant, or believing that we don't need a walk by the Spirit. And in those moments, we miss the opportunity to express Jesus. And what happens is we express sin, we feel stupid about it, We're already forgiven, we're already cleansed, but we're just not made for it. And so, we see the flesh is designed to to keep us from feeling close to God, protect us, and keep our emotions suppressed, and all these things. The flesh builds an identity around itself. It's, uh, It's proud, it's an idolater, it's a rejecter, because my coping mechanism, it messes with your coping mechanism... And don't you step on my flowers, and don't you, get, don't you stand in my yard, and don't you get inside of this ring, because I'm in charge here. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. You, you live with somebody, you, uh, you work with somebody, you hang out with somebody, and you do that long enough, you start seeing some things that where you act a certain way, and then they get defensive or irritated or whatever it is because we're starting to intrude with our coping mechanism, starts to intrude on their coping mechanism. Well, what's the solution? Do everybody just try to be nice? That doesn't work either. What happens then is emotions are suppressed. The answer is, and it's not going to satisfy you, because it's a mystery, isn't it? The answer is to walk by God's Spirit. Why is Jesus calling them snakes? Then why is he being nice to prostitutes? And then why is he why is he turning over furniture? And then why is he being kind and merciful? I mean, because he's Jesus. So how about the spirit of Jesus live in me today, in the moment, and let's not try to just diagram and get get all of everything listed out that he's going to do. So the flesh is like an octopus, of course. We're going to finish with this today, and there's going to be a part three uh, next week. (laughs) But we're going to finish with this today. The flesh, if you didn't know, it's exactly like an octopus. First, 
There's that anger issue I've got down there on tentacle four. Now, why does this guy only have seven? I'm just, a, yeah, you're thinking the same. Where's the eighth? It's probably behind his head, okay? All right, but look down there on tentacle four. I've got anger problems. I've also got stuffing emotions problems, which is why I've got anger problems. I stuff down my emotions, and then I just explode on somebody when they're not expecting it. And then on top of that, I got lust problems. I mean, it's just everybody I look at, I'm just lusting, 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 and the thoughts just eat at me. And so then I think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to work on anger. Because this is too big. I mean, this is too much. The emotions, the anger, the lust. I'm going to work on anger. So then, what I do is I read a book on anger, and I got my ten steps to anger. You know, I'm counting to ten, and uh, I'm breathing. I'm doing some spiritual breathing, and I'm counting to ten and, and before I speak. So I've got all this anger, but now it's inside, and it didn't come out. So now I'm feeling pretty good, and I come up to you, and I say, You know what? I have really conquered my anger. I'm telling you, I mean, look at my anger. It is gone. Now, I can help you with your anger. Yeah, just come on over. I'm the answer to your problems because I am the epitome of self-control now. And I did it with ten easy steps. All right, now you see the obvious thing. Look, look at tentacle four there. I mean, what happened to tentacle four? Now we've got pride. Now I start all over again. You know what? The Lord, He's really trying to humble me. I'm just going to try to be humble from now on. And then I start telling you about how the Lord's really humbled me. Look how humble the Lord's made me now. I mean, if you want a poster child for humility, I am it. Okay? Now, do you see what we're doing? We're making a fool of the flesh. That's what we're doing. Because the flesh is foolish. The whole charade is just dumb. Because am I really going to fix myself any better than the most incredible flesh in the history of the world, the Apostle Paul as Saul of Tarsus, keeping 500 and some laws, and the only thing he struggled with was coveting, apparently. He said he was found blameless by his contemporaries. I mean, that's the very best shot that anybody ever gave at it. And then he says, you know what, all that is dung. All of that is just dung compared to the righteousness that I now know. Get off that train. We're invited to a righteousness that we already have. We're invited to a righteousness that is the product of Jesus' work. And not one ounce of what we reflect in our soul will be of Christ unless we are resting in the Christ who made us okay. Look at the fruit of the Spirit There is no way the fruit of the Spirit is going to emanate from us unless a person is at rest. Joy? What, are you going to crank out some joy and put that on one of the tentacles? Look how joyous I am. Peace? Kindness? Where does this come from? It comes from a person that genuinely has met the righteousness that is in Jesus Christ. And as we say... Hello, righteousness. I want to get to know you. I want to absorb everything that you say that I am. He has become for us our righteousness, our redemption. We don't wake up every day and say, Lord, please redeem me. Please buy me back. We don't say that. 
And the same passage says, He has become for us wisdom and righteousness and redemption. This righteousness is something we have. It's permanent. It's good enough. It's 100%. And the reason God gave it to us is so that we can get off this train. Don't do it. It's, it's a bottomless pit. It gets us nowhere. The only answer is to get our minds focused on what did Jesus Christ do for me so that I don't have to do for myself. And as we do that, we rest in the finished work of Christ. And as we do that, we are functioning as a branch. And the fruit is actually from someone else. The fruit is of the Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, we we thank You for uh, the ease with which You operate in us. You have forgiven us and cleansed us and sin is not the issue. And You say Your yoke is easy and Your burden is light. And You say wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I pray, Father, I pray most of all for for the analytical minds here today that we wouldn't try to analyze our flesh and inspect it and try to improve ourselves, but that we would have one simple focus. Remembering that You made us perfect. Remembering that You forgave us perfectly. Remembering that You cleansed us perfectly. And remembering that You are the source of life. Father, we, we thank You for all that You've done to equip us so that we can get off that train and enjoy rest and peace and life in You. In Jesus' name, Amen. For a person who doesn't quite get it, and we're all on this journey to get it, aren't we? For a person who doesn't quite get it yet, you might think, how do I, how do I avoid all of those things listed? How do I avoid all of the fleshy stuff in my life. I see three things or eight things or ten things. And I, and I wish I could just walk by the Spirit. How do I do it? You know, I've said it before, but it's kind of like asking, how do, I, how do I get inside of Ecclesia? I really want to attend Ecclesia. How, what do I need to do to be in the building of Ecclesia and to just walk around in it? You know, what if it were simpler than any of all those gymnastics? What if it were about just waking up every day and being yourself? Because, I know it sounds crazy, but what if it was safe to just be you? What if there's nothing wrong with you at the core? What if being close and being clean is actually true? And what if walking by the Spirit is the most natural and normal thing? What if... What if you were free? Have a great day.